0: You look so good this morning. I don't know if you've heard that lately, but you look so good today. Tell your neighbor, say, you, you sat by the best-looking person in the whole room. Come on, tell them that. said you chose the best-looking person in the whole entire room. Come on. Amen. You live stream folks, you're looking at the one. I like, I'm just going to let you know, okay, just one. So. You know, uh, so no, it was probably zoomed in on Gabe back there. That's what that was. I know how that camera works. That zoomed in on Gabe. But man, it's so good to see you. I hope you are excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Man, it's just been good. I tell you, I've had it. Best been an awesome weekend. I kicked off Friday night in this place, and uh, it got crazy. Oh man, if you you missed it, man, we missed you so much. You missed the move of God here, and just uh, awesome what God did. And I tell you, I'm I'm thankful for that, but I'm ready to see what he wants to do this morning. Come on. Anybody ready for what he wants to do this morning? Amen. Well, if you're new here, we love you. And we're thankful that God sent you here today. And always, we're going to take a moment. Just say, welcome to Faith New." We're just so excited. This is your first time. You're a part of our family once you walk in the door. And we're glad you're here. And uh, if you're joining us online, we just are, always love our online family. And if you're first time guest there, hit that new here uh, button. Let us know where you're worshiping from. Or if you're, you just worshiping, comment below, let us know where you're at. But we're just glad you're here. So Faith family, would you do this? Would you let our first Tom guests know you love them. Come on, welcome to the welcome to the family. Amen. Would you do that? Come on, amen. Well, if you brought your Bible, do this with me if you would. Go back to Exodus chapter twenty-five. Come on, yeah. Some people's excited about the word this morning. Amen. Some people there, who, there was several didn't have voices left Friday after Friday night. That's a true statement. We're still trying. So trying to get that back, <clears throat> but uh, it was it was a time, bro. I'm telling you, it was a time. So much fun, Friday night in here giving Jesus some glory, amen, praise. But uh, as you turn to uh, Exodus 25, don't forget, if you use the YouVersion Bible app, uh, if you don't, this might be a good time to check it out. You can click on that app, then click more, and then click events, and you'll see faith renewed on there. So you can click right there and just follow right along with me. Straight on your mobile device. But Exodus 25, verses 1 through 8, read this last week as we were talking about, and we'll continue to do so today and finish this up next week. But talking about the tabernacle of Moses and, um, again, an Old Testament story, an Old Testament truth that brings Oh, man, some great revelation about who Jesus is, and, um, and also, I believe, gives great revelation to what we're called to do as a body, amen, as the body of Christ. And so, verses 1 through 8, if you've got it, say, I have it. Verse 1, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering from everyone who gives it willingly with his heart you shall take my offering and this is the offering which you shall take from them gold silver and bronze blue purple and scarlet thread fine linen and goats hair ram skins dyed red badger skins and acacia wood oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense We're going to talk about that today. Onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. verse 8, this is what I believe it all boils down to. This entire verse, passage, teaching, I hope we get verse 8. Because it says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. How many knows he wants to dwell among you, be with you? Amen. Oh, man. We're talking about this tabernacle that become, eventually becomes a temple. We are that temple today that he dwells in. Oh, man, let's pray and talk to him. So, Father, we thank you for being so good to us, loving us like you do. And thank you for wanting to be in relationship with us. So much so that you step out of heaven and come to earth and give your life for us. So, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the price that was paid, and we just celebrate you now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Oh man, we're jumping in a series uh, back into the series called Relationship Goals, and it has been so much fun. Please go back, dig into those messages if you've missed any of those. I uh, had I got a good friend who uh, just um, doesn't come here, but found our, our marriage series part of that and has been listening to that. And so, just whatever it is, there's so many areas of relationships and things that we hit in that series. So again, go back. But today we're jumping back into talking about the relationship that Jesus desires to have with us. How many knows, again, God has relationship goals. There's things that he wants for you. He wants to be with you more than you want to be with him. I'm telling you, it ain't even, it ain't even close. Like, like if you're like really fired up, we're, we're going to be kicking off our year with, with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and it's going to be wild what God's going to do during that time. You're going to be hearing more about that, have opportunities to be a part of that. It's going to be cool what God does in that. And I'm telling you, anytime I come off of time of prayer and fasting, it's like, man, I just want more of him. And it's just like, it's, like, it just, it's crazy what it does. But I was thinking like after we get done with all that, he still wants to be. With us more. He does. He wants to still be with us more. So again, we've been talking about this tabernacle of Moses, and we've been learning that in this tabernacle, this was all about God wanting to dwell with them, he, that he wanted to be with them. He hasn't changed his mind. Oh, man, just because, again, he's seated on the throne. Jesus is at the right hand. He sent the other part of him, the Holy Spirit, to be with each of us today. And so, again, we look at this tabernacle and we see these things, and it's a beautiful picture. Again, we could hang out here for a long time, but to jump back into it, last week we talked about this tabernacle of Moses, and we learned, again, there was a big fence around this seven-foot high that stretched out, like 150 feet. It goes out, and, and and it's like, in the middle of that place, in the middle of the tabernacle, we're going to find out about a place today called the holy place. Now, now last week we did this. We found ourselves, first of all, outside of the tabernacle. It's where we've all been or still are. Can this where we have all been or still are. All of us have been outside of the presence of God. All of us have been separated from him because of sin. But Jesus did this. There was one gate into that place called the tabernacle, and there is still one gate and one way into the presence of God still today, and it's through Jesus. And he said it this way. He said, I am the gate. Oh, man, I'm so thankful he made a way, aren't you? I love it. We do this. Once, if we go through the gate, we come now to where we found ourselves last week. We found ourselves in the outer court. Now, we're going to learn about a tent that sits in the middle of this this tabernacle, but around that would what would be called the outer court. Now, this is what I, I believe, again, it's a picture of what God does for us, that once we walk through the gate into a place of salvation that happens by what we see take place in those first two things that we talked about last week there in the tabernacle. And we talked about the altar of burnt offering. I don't know about you, I'm thankful for forgiveness of sins. Yeah, amen. I'm thankful that he has forgiven us of our sins and that, that he does this for me and you. He he cleanses us. He he sets us free from all of our stuff. Like I think a lot of times we share our edited testimony. Come on, like if they really knew, like if they really knew, amen. But listen, God's not afraid of your whole story. He's not afraid of everything that's going on in your life. He'll take the whole story, turn it into glory, and he'll take it and turn it around. It's what he does. So he's not, he's not scared. He's not upset. And so, But this is what he does. He comes in and he forgives us of our sins because on that altar, a sacrifice was made. Man, and and that is worship. I don't know if you know that. That, This whole entire experience that we're seeing here is about worship. It's about coming into this this relationship with this holy God. Now, a lot of us are, are misunderstanding. Now, worship took place Friday night in this room. Worship took place just a few moments ago. Worship is happening right now for some people. Amen. Because again, they're opening their heart up to God saying, God, I want more of you. I want to have this relationship. Would you come dwell in me? That's worship. Because worship involves a sacrifice. A lot of people think worship is a song. It's not, we we worship with songs, we worship in that light. we worship that way. And and some people think that you're just actually watching someone worship. You know, if the guys up here can't worship without an instrument, they're not worshipers, they're musicians. Come on, if, if the guys can't worship without a microphone, they're just singers. Amen. So again, but we see something here that there's worship happening because we're sacrificing and coming before the Lord and letting him know that he's valuable to us. I love this. Now, in this outer court, again, forgiveness of sins. I'm thankful for that. Again, he forgives us and cleanses us, the Bible says, of all unrighteousness. Now, this is what takes place. The second piece of furniture that we go to now, once we come past that altar there of burnt offering, we came last week, and this is where we ended up last week, was at this bronze laver Now in this labor, again, it was a place where that priest would come and he would wash his hands and he would wash his feet because, again, you did not enter into that holy place. You did not enter into that holy place with these things in your life, and we still don't. We still don't. We, we still don't get there without him cleansing us. Amen. We don't wash our own feet. We don't wash our own hands. He cleanses us. He cleanses us from all sin. And then this work of Christ that we see produces a walk in the believer that now becomes this beautiful thing that now we can have. Again, I believe, again, that's just a beautiful picture of salvation. And there's a lot of people just running around in the outer court saying, I made it in. Yeah. And I'm glad you in that. I'm glad you made it in. Amen. That is so good that again, if we, we make it, but how many know Jesus didn't just get on the cross to get you just to heaven? Come on, he, he got on the cross to get heaven into you. And so again, what he does and how he does this is now where we don't where we don't just get satisfied in the outer court. Where we're not just satisfied just looking. Again, some people are satisfied outside the gate. I'm not. And I'm not satisfied in the outer court. Of course, we can have this. We can go deeper into our relationship. We can go deeper into our walk with God. Now, again, I'm thankful for the sacrifice. I'm thankful for the cleansing work. Could not, cannot, will not ever be able to do it by myself. He did it for me. And now he's calling me and you today into a place of intimacy with him. There's a place now that we can go to in him. And today as we look at this, we're going to take now a step from the outer court through a place into this tent called the holy place. The holy place. Now, as you walk there through the tent and into the holy place, you'll find there's two other pieces of furnishing today that we're going to talk about. One on the left side, one on the right side. And then as you enter into that tabernacle, you'll come to this place now to your left called the golden lampstand. Now it is about build this that's wild because as I've been reading this stuff as we studying even more like man, it's just more like stuff coming like saying, man, there is so much in this that, that there is just like so much here. Now what you see now, you will see this golden lampstand. Now this is not some like little um uh what's those little things, little candles that y'all buy? Um little little small Tea light, yeah. This ain't no little tea light, all uh, right. And some of y'all, what's the tip? This ain't a little tea light candle that just just sitting there and No, no. This thing was heavy, weighty. Like, I mean, there was substance to this thing, man, and it was made now out of gold. And what you would see now, again, of the Jewish folks, honor the menorah and light those things in this lay. But th- this is what would take place. This golden lampstand that sat there, you would see it. It had in the center of it, it had this one branch that would come up. And then off of sides of that, there would be three branches to each side. Now it was it was cool because there is, I guess so much here, but this this lampstand that was there was the only light in the holy place, and it is. Still the only way that light will ever come into that dark place in your life is when you come into the presence of Jesus. Now, there is no other way because now it's cool. I love the representation, the beauty that we see because in the outer court, there's sunlight. In, in the holy place, there's candlelight. And, in the, and, in the, and we, When we go into the most holy place, there's divine light that, that is there. Just the glory of God is going to light it up. But in this place, again, a step deeper into him is a, is a beautiful picture now of of light that is dispelling the darkness in that holy place. Now, Again, we go to scripture, we look at this today, and again, I, I, I think some of the guys got this early on. We have the luxury of seeing it today in full or, or partial because, again, all that takes place because of like in John eight 12, we're seeing something and God is, is speaking. Again, Jesus, God in the flesh, is speaking now to people who knew about that holy place. They knew that when they would walk into that holy place, there would be a continual light burning. And that light, again, was representing, again, the darkness being dispelled, light coming into their life. And Jesus gets up, and he says some stuff, man. If Jesus says things, it end up getting him on a cross. Amen. He would say stuff, and everything he said was true. And Jesus spoke to them in verse 12 of John 8, and he spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. This is not something that that says some priest is going in and he's lighting on my behalf anymore. I'm it. I have now come, and I've come into a place, and what I can do is not just light up some room. I can light up a world because now he steps in, and he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. So you don't just walk in light. Now you have light. So, again, what do we see him do here now? And and this happens because in this, again, not some little tea-like candle. This wasn't wax burning. This was oil that was put in, and this oil was burnt, and it had a wick that was placed in it, and they had to continually keep this thing burning. Oh, man, and I'm like, man, it just hit me like, man, so hard that how cool is it, man, that Jesus, the light of the world who now gives us light, now by the Holy Spirit that we see signified throughout Scripture as the oil, he comes into our life and now he is calling us to do this. Now we're called to be the light. So, some of us, like we look at situations and they're so dark and we work in places so dark. We, we go to schools that seem so dark. And man, the answer they need is Jesus, but it is the Jesus that's in you. Amen. That like, now he said it like this, that you are the one. That light that came in, that light that was lit there in the, ta- in the tabernacle. Now that light is who I am and now I'm placing that in you. This is cool because he says this in Matthew five. He said, "You are the light of the world." Wait a minute, Jesus? Did you, I thought you said you were the light of the world? He's like, I am. Well, you. I thought you were. Hold on. You. Were, yes, I am. In you. And you're. In, and so again, this is what this looks like. He says, "You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden." A city that is set on a hill cannot hit, be hidden, nor do they light a lamp put under a basket, put a, but, but on a lampstand. I'm not going to put it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it show. Some of y'all don't know about what I'm singing right now. Do y'all still sing at kids' church? Is that still a song in kids' church? Is that still, man, y'all need to bring that back, bro. We were talking about some songs yesterday about songs you need to bring back. You need to bring that back some on this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, all right? And it gives light to those. This is what it does. It says it gives light to all who are in the house. And verse 16 says this. Let your light so shine before men. Man, it's dark. Let your light so shine before men. And I'm concerned about where America's headed. Let your light so shine before men. Man, the church is going down quick, bro. It's looking, things that are getting bad and I dare not. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Oh man. And I, this is this is what it becomes. We're to shine to bring glory to him. The light that God has placed in you is never to, is called to glorify you. That's why so many go out. He's not going to share his glory with another. And so it's why so, there's, there's so many that go out. But when you take what God has given you and use it to bring glory, he said, let it so shine that they may see your good works and it glorify the Father in heaven. Now, again, there's like so much here. There's so many so much symbolism here, like these six branches that we see off to the side with one in the no, in, in the middle. We see six, it's the number of humanity, seven, the number of completion. It is only in Christ being in the center of humanity coming and out between us that we are complete in him. Amen. We, like, You should look to Jesus in the morning and say, you complete me. Come on. You complete me. This is what it does. Now, all that stuff's wild, but this is what got me this week. This is what hit me. This is what messed me up. This is why I had your pastor fetal position this week. Scripture says as they would make this, in Exodus 25, you can read this. Again, time don't allow us, but you could read this. But as they're describing how they would make this, this candle stand, this lamp stand, not, not candle, but it says in verse 36 that their knobs and their branches shall be of one piece, all of it, and shall be one hammered piece of pure gold. I started thinking about the light of the world. The light that brought light into my darkness. And, and that light, and again, there's this, just, oh, yeah, please study more than what we just talk about on Sundays. Please do. Please take the notes and dive deeper, man. Please do that. Get with group, groups and start more faith groups and start more and go deeper. Start more. Please do that because there's just so much here. But what we have to understand is this they would take the gold, they would begin to form it and fashion it. And what they would do is they would take a hammer and they would begin to beat that into position, they would begin to shape that into place place and I began to think about the light of the world my light the one who gave it to my darkness and how that light was taken and hammers were placed into the hands of Roman soldiers and that light took on all of my darkness and it was hammered and nailed to a cross so light could come into my dark situation it's what he took on from me and this is what he says, and this is so beautiful because, like some of us, like man saying, there's no way. There's just no way. You don't know, Pastor. Some of again, I know your editor stories. Oh man, some of you are thinking, like, if you really knew, but think about this for a moment. This is what scripture says. This is what happened to us in Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. He said, You were dead because of your sins. We we're so dark. Like so, so far from him. Because of our sins, because of your sinful nature, was, was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. The one who took on darkness, the one who took on our sin, that was nailed to the cross of Christ. Every bit of our past, every bit of our struggle, the future that's still ahead of us, all of those things, he took that and it was nailed to the cross of Christ. Thankful for the lampstand. I'm thankful for the, and the only way, listen, you'll get out of darkness into the marvelous light is through the light of Christ. You can't, there's no other way. There's no other hope. Your tea light will burn out. Your, your candle won't make it. You're trying to do this. It will not sustain you. But listen, when we come to him, when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, it brings light into our darkness. I'm thankful for the golden lampstand, but we got to keep going because now, if you look there to the left, you see the gold lampstand. You look over to the right, you see what would be called the table of showbread. Now, the table of showbread, uh, some refer to it, you'll see it even written in some ways, the table of shoebread. Um, the table of showbread, though, was also referred to, it was called the bread of the presence. This is cool because like the bread of the presence was like it was a symbolization of like they're always before that holy place. The bread was always present. Again, they would make this exchange every week. They would form this. They would take this bread. They would take this and make this and put it into position. And now this is what he is called to do. This is what he wants to have with us. He wants to have continual fellowship with us. Because we're always talking about, man, we're going to go break bread. We're going to go have fellowship. When we have communion, all of this is a picture now of what Christ does for us and what is fulfilled through the person of Jesus because he wants to have fellowship with you. This is all about him trying to get to you. And you'll see Jesus in Scripture hanging out with all kinds. All kinds of people. People like you. People like me. Like you, all over the place, like you see him doing, hanging out with all kinds. But then he would do this. When they would partake of him, when they would have an encounter with him, you would see over and over and over their life transformed. True, true Christianity is transformational. I promise you, every time you will see that. And it will happen through the fellowship of the bread. It will happen through the fellowship with him. Now, again, there's, it's just wild what we see here. But, again, this bread that was made, placed before the presence, because, again, remember, this is what we're going to see in just a moment. We're going to see now that we're about to go into next week, this most holy place. Now, again, this was set up, and this was in place, and this was there continually. And this was now before the altar of burnings, as we're going to see in a moment. This was the last thing that we'll see. And it is a, it is a picture of that we are to have continual fellowship with him. Now, I, there's, there's, we could take a time. I could have different people come up and share. The, the bread is also, I believe, it's a place to show that he is the provision. He's, he's the one, you would see him, he it was a, he, in the old OT there, you would see him He'd show up, drop down bread from heaven, he would show up now, they would make this bread, put it in place, again, showing again that he's the provider, he's still the provider. Uh, some of us think, man, because we work hard, we're the provider of our home. Come on, we're not the provider of our home because we work hard. Listen, we provide our home because he allows us and puts breath on us and gives us hope, gives us an opportunity to get up and go to work and do stuff. So, again, this is it all comes from him. It is all provision from him. But this is what's beautiful. This, this bread that was made, I, I kind of like in my mind, I, I would go to a place. I, I would I I'd like I'd go to sunbeam bread in my mind. I go to the nature zone or whatever other stuff. I, I, I just kind of just, that was what my mind goes to that place. And, and then, then it just, again, it's what I think about. And then I was like, my money, no, that's probably not it. I need to get more spiritual. So I would see it like, man, little wafers in our little cups. All right, and I'd be like, man, yeah, little wafers sits on top of that. that's the ass bread. We got wrecked this week because that's not how this bread was made. This bread was different because, the, it, it, again, actually what we see in the scripture, it actually refers to it as, as cake. I don't know about you. I love me some cake, bro. God, God I got in witness from the sound booth. Thank you, my brother. Come on. Glory to the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, Now, I, I want us to see something because our English, we miss stuff so, so many times. English is good, and I'm thankful for it because that's all I can read, all right? I mean, I have dictionaries, and I pull up other little words, and I kind of make do that kind of stuff. That's all I got. I'm I'm, I'm thankful for it. But go deeper. Read some other stuff, all right? And go deeper in these things. But I I I read this this week. Look look at this. Go with me. Leviticus 24, verses 5 through 8, we see a picture now of what this was to look like. And it says in verse 5, and you shall take fine flour. Some fine flour, man. And bake 12 cakes with it, two-tenths of an ephah, and shall be in each cake. You shall set them in two rows, six in a row, on the pure uh, gold table before the Lord. Verse 7 says, and you shall put pure frankincense on each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually. Again, the bread of his presence, uh, continually being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant. So, again, that we're seeing that what this represents is an everlasting covenant that we enter into with Christ. Again, no longer of them having to go up and make some bread and stick it in there. He said, "He said, I am the bread of life. He, again, another one of his names, and he declares that. But I want you to see something. Now, you can do this, too, and I encourage you to do that, the, the, the word here, when you read that, cake, again, your mind can go places. And then you begin to think about certain things. But this word "cake" in the Hebrew, and I go back and study this is cool. It's the word "kalah." I know I was bilingual. Thank you, Amen. (laughs) The word "kalah," and this word this is wild because this is not something. This is actually the word. That we see in scripture, in the Hebrew, the same root word that we're gonna read about in a moment, that means pierced or perforated. And I was like, I asked the angel this morning, I said, what what's those cakes that have the little hole in the center of it? She like bunt cakes, you know, and uh, I, so some of my bakers knew, knew that. And I was like, this is, this is like, this is a different type of bread. And I was actually reading, like, they would actually make it that way, and it would actually help the stacking process. But he was making, and they would make a cake Can the word call. Uh, that had this hole in the center of it. And Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. And it's the same word that in Isaiah chapter 53, verse five, for the word wounded. But he was wounded For our transgressions. He was pierced. He was hammered. He was nailed. <laughs> and he was Kalal. And I don't even know, man, if the priests even got it back then. I hope it did, man. I hope this revelation would come. I don't even know that the ones who made the bread, I don't, I don't know if they realized that when they were forming that stuff, that one day there would be a man named Jesus who would come and be pierced for our transgressions. He would be bruised for our iniquities the chastisement for our peace was upon him by his stripes we're healed I don't know man if they realize this but as he was pierced in the side and it was like man this scripture says that blood and water flowed out it flowed out for you it flowed out for me and he was pierced for us And again, I don't know about you, I'm thankful for the showbread. I'm thankful for the sacrifice that was made. And the last thing that you will find, those one to your left and the one to your right, you will come before you step into that most holy place that we'll enter into next week, you come to this final piece of furniture in this holy place called the Altar of Incense. The altar of incense, they were instructed to continually each morning and at twilight to make sure that there was an incense burning upon that altar. And, man, as you just just think, because, man, it was it's amazing because, like, back behind them, there was death taking place. Back behind them, there were things that were being tortured, there were things that were being killed, there were things that were being sacrificed. And, again, some of that, let's just be honest, like some of it's probably smelling good on the on, 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 the, on the altar. I, matter of fact, they got to have part of that. Take it home, grub. Amen. Amen. From day one, Lord was all about us doing this thing, you know, killing and eating. Hey, he's always been about that. I'm just going to tell you all. It's Bible. Come on. Can I get a witness? But think for a moment. You go past all those things. Some of it probably wasn't the greatest. But man, as they walk past that, and they come to the altar of incense, and it was, again, God's dwelling place that we're going to see in the most holy place, This final piece of furniture here is a representation that we see in Scripture of the prayers of God's people. (laughs) And prayer is still the access into the holy place. Prayer's still the access. Like, it's not a works. It's not a singing louder, and it's not just jumping higher. And I'm going to be honest we don't sing loud enough or jump high enough. We don't. We don't get excited enough. Like, some of y'all, man, y'all crazy people, man. No, we're not crazy enough, for but none of those things get access. But we come to this place, and what's cool is this. This is again what it all comes back to, is that there is now a picture now that he wants to talk to you. That right? That's wild to me. Like you got to think, man. Like like he has so many other, other more important things, but he wants to hear from you. He wants to talk to you. And like you, and you and when you come before him and in your prayers, it's, it's incredible because as the incense go up, we're going to see in a moment, this is a picture of this. And again, God's receiving this. There's an aroma that's happening. There's a fragrance that's being released. And I still believe that when God's people pray, it releases a fragrance to the Father. It releases an aroma that will cover the stench and the smell and the darkness and all the dirtiness of this world when God's people pray. He still moves. He still does this for us when we pray. But it's not just about our prayers. Because this one who was hammered, this one who was nailed, this one who was beaten, this one who did all of these things, pierce, you saw him do it while he was on earth. Jesus prayed for his disciples. He prayed for his, defi- his fathers. He, like, he, he prayed like for us, even while he was here in the flesh. Because he, he said things like, God, I want, I, I, my father, I want you to do like this for this group of people. And then for all of those who are going to hear what they've said to someone else. And it's going to go down the line. And I'm going to say a prayer for covering for all of those to come. But I like what Jesus does. It wasn't like what we can do sometimes, kind of say some blanket prayer, didn't move on. He does this. Romans 8, chapter, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 34 says, Who is he who condemns? Oh, this, is, this is the answer. It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Oh, man, right now, Jesus is praying for you. If you haven't surrendered your life to him yet, like He's like been praying, like he got you here today to tell you. He got you tuned in this morning like, to let you know that piercing was for you. The nails that I took were for you. All that happened, it was for you. He's praying for us. And then after we come to him, he's still praying. He's still is interceding for us on our behalf. He's standing there in the gap for us. This is a picture, again, of what Christ is doing for me and you. It's beautiful. And this is what he wants. Like, again, more than you want it. He wants you to pray. He wants you to fellowship with Him. And this is what I feel like, again, God told me to hit. There are so many people who feel so unworthy. I feel like, who am I to come before that holy God? Remember the gate that He opened it up. Remember the altar that He laid it down. Remember the laver that He cleansed you. Remember the light that He shined dark, light into your darkness. And remember the bread that He is your provision and He was the one wounded for you. The life of David, the scripture says, is a man after God's own heart. And I'm like, bro, if the one who didn't deserve the title got the title. Because David, man, was an idiot sometimes, bro. You know, if you ever read the Bible, y'all like, some of y'all during y'all's reading playing, y'all like, man, David was crazy, dude. Wild. The scriptures say he's a man after God's own heart. Why, Mike? <laughs> because he understood some things that me and you need to make sure we get. And Psalm 141, verse 2. He said, let my prayer be set before you as incense. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. (laughs) Think about this for a moment, that when we pray, it releases something. Pastor Lewis talking about releasing something from heaven to earth. This is it. This is how it all happens. What is released here goes up and brings things back into our life. David got it. Man, we want to as well. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. That's worship. What we do here on Sunday morning is, is 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 just as much. I'm going to say more now because of Jesus, as them taking an animal and laying it down, as them taking the oil and putting it on the lampstand, as them as them taking the bread and making it pure. Why? Because now we have personal, face to face relationship with this holy God. I want to ask you to stand. Oh, and as you stand, if please don't don't leave, don't don't go out unless you just absolutely need to. Please just stay with us, stay in here. Let's let we we're we're good on time. But we have found ourselves now going through that outer court into a holy place. And we find ourselves now in a veil. And we're going to talk next week. Oh man, you got to come back. But we've already sung about it. That veil was torn. What Christ did on the cross gives us access in. And today he he opened the gate, he opened the door, he tore the veil for you and for me. If you're a Christian in this room right now, if you know Christ, if you've already placed your hope in that sacrifice, if you've already placed your your life in him right now, I just want to take take both hands right now as David did and as he would lift them as a sacrifice. As he would lift them as a sacrifice. Worship, worship, sacrifice is always involved in our worship. you know Christ, listen right now, what you're doing listen, is so important it's being released right now begin to pray right now, begin to just talk to him listen, let all unworthiness go he was he was nailed he was pierced he was crushed so we can have this moment right now He did all that for us. As Angel said earlier, if you were here and you were the only one, He would have done it. He would have went through all of it for you. If you're unable this morning to have your hands raised because you're saying, "I haven't done that, man. I haven't surrendered my life," I want to encourage you and I give you an invitation now to receive a gift call grace (laughs) just to receive a one who will take and remove the darkness cleanse you from the sin be the provider of your life and his name is Jesus (laughs) see you can do it where you're standing (laughs) you can do it coming to this altar right now you can do it there at home or listening to a podcast and even driving down a road if you're listening to this later you can just right now in this moment receive the grace of God say Jesus I believe you did this for me you died for me you took my darkness and my sin and my shame I believe it was nailed to the cross for my salvation. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you resurrected. (laughs) I believe you ascended and you're going to come again. Oh, man. We love you, Father. Yeah, I receive you now, Lord. I want to invite every person right now Again, you can do it by moving and coming, and we saw what happened even on Friday with just when we gather and when we just really go after Him. We really spend time with Him. The Holy Spirit moves. He always shows up. I want to invite every person this morning into the holy place. Past the gate, past the outer court, into a place of His presence into a place of prayer into a place of prayer and when we do this and we go in I I want you this morning we've been so detailed about some of these things talking about these things because it is such a picture of how good he is so I want you to spend this time and in these moments right now I want you to spend them in worship and in prayer to him and I want you to just think about it in this light this morning. Every prayer that you pray, it goes up. It's an instance, it goes up. And some of you feel like, man, he's not hearing me. Now he's not hearing me. Listen, every prayer, he notices everyone. So if you just want to do this this morning, if you want to find a place of prayer, we're going to end our service in this way just going into the place and into the place of His presence for some of you this morning you may need to partake of the bread the provision some of you may need to step into the light and let Him remove darkness whatever that looks like for you but the greatest part is that we can have fellowship with Him so if you would I want you to find a place and I want you to find a place of prayer and if you need prayer this is how again just this morning if you need prayer I want to invite you to come and just stand over here like if you need a prayer I, you know we all need to pray but if you need prayer I'm going to invite you to my right here to your left that means that again our prayer team is going to pray with you there's going to be someone who's going to join with you and pray for your situation so if you need prayer you can come and stand here but if you just want to pray and spend time at the altar of incense spend time with him would you find you a place this morning can we close our service in this light in this way If our worship team sings <laughs> on, enter in. Don't stay in the outer court. Enter in. Yeah, go. Thank you again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you today. If you need prayer or a like lot to support this ministry through giving, stop by faithrenewed.org.